hold on to me as we go as we roll down this unfamiliar road and although this wave is stringing us along just know you're not alone Good morning. It's time for the Kern County Real Estate Review on AM 1560 FM 977 KNZR and streaming live on KNZR.com with Kern County's most listened to realtor and the host of our show, Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group at Coldwell Banker. Consistently ranked as one of the best in the business nationwide, Lori's been selling real estate in Kern County for over three decades, during which time she successfully helped over 11,000 families meet their real estate needs. So if you're thinking of buying or selling, there's no better choice than the McCarty Group. Working with an expert makes the process easy and puts more money in your pocket. Just Google the McCarty Group, that's M-C-C-A-R-T-Y, or call 661-665-SOLD. That's 661-665-7653. And she or one of her partners will be delighted to help you. Let them make you their next success story. And a good morning to you, Lori. Oh, good morning, Adelaide, and happy Father's Day to you and to all the dads out there listening. Excellent. Thank you. Do you like my new tie? I love it. (laughs) It's the weekend, so... Great to be here. Oh, good. Best part. Best they, part about it. They pay you to say that, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It's all from the heart. And, uh, oh, thanks. Yeah, so how's your weekend going so far? Well, you know, I've been busy helping buyers and sellers. Uh, you know, it's what I do best. Uh, weekends are usually the time when my clients are available. So it also tends to be the busiest time of the week for me. Do you have any big plans after we wrap up this show? You know what? I actually have a question for you. Okay. It's, it's you know, warm now. Yes. Hot, if you want to call it that. Uh, but where do you go to cool off? Where do I go to cool yeah. off? My backyard pool. Jump in the pool? Jump yep. in the pool? Okay, I was thinking about that too, but is there any place to go? Because my son, we there's a grandma on Lake Isabella. We go up there, it's mm-hmm. five degrees cooler. Yep. So, so it helps. Right. But where can you go like in, well, you know. there's all kinds of water parks. Um, ah. Go down to McMurtry. And, okay, um, okay enjoy the pool there they've got several different water parks throughout the city um or you know i'm also a big fan of just ac yeah (laughs) (laughs) just trying to stay cool so okay yeah i was thinking about it but we got to get out of the house sometimes well i don't know if he's old enough yet but one of the most fun things we've ever done was rafting the kern river oh so you might want to check that out um when the water levels are low, it's pretty easy. Um, okay. When the water level is much higher, my mom was convinced when we took her that uh, I was trying to kill her. So, <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, that gauge a... that according to your son's, you know, adventuresomeness. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you so much. And uh, I see we do have a guest in the studio. Yes, sir. Yeah. Who are we speaking with and what's today's topic? Well, this morning we have Margot Shin, who's a senior loan advisor at Cross Country Mortgage with us in the studio. You know, Margot is one of our preferred lenders uh, and someone that we really have a huge amount of trust for in the industry because she knows her stuff. Uh, if you're thinking about buying or refinancing, I want you to give Margot a call. If you're a first-time home buyer, I would a thousand percent recommend Margot because 
she will work extremely hard to get you approved. And if you're not in a place where you can get pre-approved yet, she's going to help you get there. Mm. Um, This is one of the things that I admire the most about her. But before we dive into our interview with Margot, I want to give all those first-time homebuyers some tips for saving for a down payment. Mm. So let's think about it. Most of us have saved up for a vacation, for the latest iPhone, maybe even for a car. But saving for a down payment on a house can feel like a whole new ballgame. A savings goal likely in the tens of thousands of dollars can seem almost out of reach as a potential home buyer. But in reality, it's really far more attainable than you might think. If you give yourself some time and get creative with some saving strategies that I'm going to share with you, I think you'll be able to reach that down payment target number, whatever it is. So grab a pen if you'd like and jot down these savings ideas to help you get closer to that goal of becoming a homeowner. First and foremost, my number one recommendation is let's take advantage of automation with your savings account. By putting your savings contributions on autopilot, so to speak, whether it's through a direct deposit or using a tool like recurring transfers to your savings account, you can ensure consistent growth to your down payment fund without really having to think about it. Now, make sure when you're setting this up that you schedule these automatic transfers appropriately. And by that, I mean, be sure to have those transfers hit after your bills for Mm. the month have been paid. But before you start spending all of your disposable income on all the fun stuff. Remember, you want to pay bills first, pay yourself second, that is put money in savings, and then use the leftovers for fun things like going out to dinner or going to a movie. Mm. Studies show that many people who struggle with money management operate in actually the reverse order. They use their paycheck for the fun things, (laughs) then they pay bills, and finally what little, if any, is left over then they transfer that to savings. If Mm. this is the strategy you've been employing, frankly, I think it's a recipe for living paycheck to paycheck and never winding up meeting your savings goals. But if you automate those savings transfers, you'll be far more conscientious about using your money for the most important items you desire, whatever's at the top of your wish or want list, and you'll be far less tempted to waste your paycheck. Mm. And of course, once the money is in savings, Don't touch it until you're ready to purchase whatever it is you're saving for. In this case, hopefully a home. Yes. Now, Lori, I was thinking about this, too. And and one thing that really helped me Mm -hmm. is to actually have a visual of your budget and a little checkoff list. Oh, that's a great idea. Share with our listeners. Help them get a visual picture of that. Yeah. So, so, you know, back in the day, I used to actually print it out and Mm -hmm. put it on my wall and say, okay, here's rent. Here's, Here's the electric bill. Here's this. Here's that. And I could ever, you know, when I get paid, I'd try to, I'd check off everything. Once all the boxes are checked, and, and actually I'd have a box for savings too. Uh-huh. So I'd have a chunk that goes in savings. But then once they're checked, then I'm like, okay, now that I have money left, this is, this what am is I going to do I with this? Spend. This is my fun base. So having that visual, now I actually keep it on my phone too. So I'll open it up on my phone notes and check it off every time I pay a bill. So it, it helped me, I mean, a lot. Hey, anything that people can do because we're not really taught to save um, mm-hmm. in school. That's not, you know, that's not a course that they teach us about uh, financial well-being and mm-hmm. money management. Um, so anything that you can do, um, 
I think is a benefit. And that's a great suggestion, Adelaide. Yes, thank you. It helped a lot. Great. So next up, let's try to find some areas where you can freeze your spending. Because let's face it, when saving for a house, honestly, your budget might need a little adjusting. Um, So review your current expenses. Find areas where you can lower your expenditures or maybe pause your spending altogether. Um, You know, when I think about um, folks I've run into, that could mean cutting back on Uber Eats and DoorDash, uh, not buying new clothes for a few months. (gasps) Um, But remember, this isn't a permanent change. It's just a temporary adjustment in exchange for your future home sweet home Mm. or whatever big goal you're saving for. Now, I know this can be a tough one, but rest assured, I have found that this temporary change really makes a big difference in the long run. Who knows? You might even realize you didn't need to spend so much on these categories that you're currently spending. I know I have to say that was one of the great things about the pandemic. When stores were closed and Lori couldn't go shopping, I all of a sudden realized (laughs) I didn't need to. So that really helped me tremendously. No, I'm not advocating we have another or or continuation (laughs) of this huge pandemic, right? But think about it, people. You can modify your spending habits um, when there's something that you are desirous of obtaining. Mm, Now, what about, uh, I know Bob knows how to work the grill, right? Yes, he does. Cooking at home? Absolutely. (laughs) In fact, we rarely go out to eat dinner. I do go out for lunch fairly frequently simply because it's easier for me mm-hmm. to grab a bite while I'm on the run. But he's a great cook, and we, we eat at home most nights. Yeah, that'll definitely help help the budget, too. All right. All right. So now this next one might seem a little scary for some folks, um, but I'm going to encourage you to seek a raise from your employer um, because one of the best ways you can increase your savings is by boosting your cash flow. So if the timing is appropriate, not that you've been there two days, um, and you feel confident in your performance on the job, consider asking your employer about opportunities for advancement or about negotiating a raise. And then if you do receive a salary boost, direct that new income straight into your savings because it'll boost your savings goal instantly. And frankly, you won't even miss this new money because you didn't have it before. Hmm. All right. Now, Lori, these are some great suggestions, but what if you still need more cash? Oh, great question, Adelaide. So if you're still not meeting your savings goal quick enough and you're needing some more cash, well, you might consider getting a side hustle. Honestly, it's what all the millennials are doing. And this is the same idea of increasing your cash flow, but it's a different strategy from asking for a raise. So when you think about a side job to earn extra income, it could be in the gig economy, like rideshare driving, grocery delivery, dog walking. Or you could think about starting a small business, like selling crafts on Etsy. Or you can even offer an online service, like online tutoring or transcribing. You might even want to think about working part-time at a shop or a restaurant, because any of these can be great ways to earn money in your off hours. Now, as a Dave Ramsey follower... I know he would approve of my next suggestion, and that is to knock out high-interest debt. Mm -hmm. Expensive debt, like that that you have from credit cards, can make it far more difficult to reach your savings goals. If you focus on eliminating high-interest debt, then you can save more. Mm -hmm. You could also consider refinancing some of that debt. 
like the debt from credit cards or student loans, so that you could receive a lower interest rate and possibly free up some cash from your monthly expenses. That extra cash flow then can be directed directly towards your down payment savings. Now, my next suggestion is to use windfall money wisely and don't blow it. Okay, now that's a unique term. What exactly is windfall money? Well, I think of windfall money as something that comes to you unexpectedly. Things like stimulus checks, tax returns, holiday bonuses, heck, even a birthday or Christmas check from grandma and grandpa. Um, Any income that's unexpected. And I think when you're saving for a down payment, you should send that windfall money straight to your Mm. savings. Because if you're fortunate enough to receive that kind of money, it can boost your down payment savings fund without having to tap into your regular budget. Mm. Now, here's another idea. If you have a Facebook account, go ahead and look at making money off of it. Take advantage of Facebook Marketplace by selling items that you don't use. Whether you have kitchen gadgets, old toys, furniture, clothes, whatever it is. Honestly, it's very easy to sell items in good condition to make extra cash. And you can think about it as decluttering your home as you prepare to move to a new one, Mm. right? Um, You could host a garage sale. You could take things to a thrift store. Uh, You could use a lot of different sites to sell online. Because aside from Facebook Marketplace, you can use eBay, Poshmark, OfferUp, and Craigslist to get your items sold. Hmm. So then my next recommendation is one that I think our, our next guest might be able to help you with, and that is explore special programs for home buyers. Many local and national programs exist to provide qualified first-time home buyers with down payment assistance or affordable rates. For example, Fannie Mae's Home Ready Mortgage Program allows buyers to make down payments as low as 3%. And then, of course, the Federal Housing Association, or FHA, offers loans that require only 3.5% down. My final suggestion, and one that I want you to think about seriously um, before you enter into it, is to pause or tap into your retirement savings. If you're contributing a significant portion of your income to retirement savings, you might temporarily, and that is the the most important word there, temporarily Mm -hmm. reduce that amount and redirect it to home savings for just a few months. Um, And first-time home buyers can also tap into an IRA without penalty for up to $10,000 towards their down payment. But please consult your tax professional before you withdraw any retirement funds. So hopefully this has given you some tips to help you save for your down payment if you're wanting to buy a home for the first time. And who knows, maybe we've even sparked some other income producing or savings ideas for you as well. So now, after you have your down payment saved, what's the next step? I know you know this, Adelaide. (laughs) Is it time to talk to your lender? Absolutely. (laughs) And we have just the person for you, our guest on today's show. But before I bring Margot to the mic, I'm looking at the clock, and I think we ought to take a short break. Be sure and stay tuned, because we'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to the Kern County Real Estate Review with Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group at Coldwell Banker Preferred Realtors, here on 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. 
And to reach Lori, you can call her or her team anytime at 661-665-SOLD. That's 661-665-7653. Or you can go to her website at themccartygroup.com, where you can tour all the properties available in Kern County from the comfort of your couch. Request an in-person tour, find out the value of your home, and see the McCarty Group's success stories. Ranked number 10 in North America for Coldwell Banker last year and the only Kern County realtor to be listed in the Wall Street Journal's Top 100 Agents for 2021, she is truly an expert in her field. Her desire, as well as that of her team, is to not only achieve their clients' goals, but to exceed their expectations. So let them do just that. And we'll be right back with the Kern County Real Estate Review here on KNZR. Hi, Dennis Prager here for Lori McCarty, host of the Kern County Real Estate Review. If you've got questions about real estate, she's got answers. Tune in every Sunday at 8 a.m. right here on KNZR 1560 AM 97.7 FM. Now that's smart. This morning with Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group on the Kern County Real Estate Review here on 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. And Lori, now to our guest, Margot Shin of Cross Country Mortgage, a senior loan advisor. Yes, I'm so excited to have Margot in the studio this morning. Welcome, Margot. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. You bet. Um, we love working with you. You do such a fabulous job. Yes, we're, we're giving her the silent high five and the clap here in the studio. Um, so during the break, share with folks what you were talking to me about. Oh, when you were discussing different ways to watch your discretionary spending, I read a book by a man named David Bach, and what he talked about was finding your latte factor. So what David recommended is you save every single receipt for every single thing you buy for 30 days. It doesn't matter if it's a pack of gum. If you don't get a receipt, write it on a slip of paper, $1.50 for a pack of gum, however much it was. Uh-huh. At the end of the 30 days, you put all of your receipts out on the kitchen table or the floor or however much you spent, and you will see where your disposable income is going, whether it's you know 50 trips to Jack in the Box because the kids want an after-school <laughs> snack or you know wherever you might stumble upon. You'll see very quickly, and I had to do it for myself okay. when I was saving money to buy my first home. And I was shocked at a certain coffee company at how much they were getting from me on a daily basis. Oh, wow. I can make coffee at home and we have free coffee at work. Oh, even better. And so it really opened my eyes to... Well, yes, because if you think about just $5 a day times five five days in the Mm -hmm. week or times seven days or times 365 days. Right. I mean... It's a lot. And that's why he calls it your latte factor, to give you a that. clue as to where I was. I love so, that. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So for um, many of our longtime listeners, they have heard you on the show before. But for those who are tuning in for the first time, um, give us a little bio about you. Okay. I started in the real estate industry as a paralegal mm-hmm. for a law firm up in the Bay Area who specialized okay. in matters pertaining to real estate law. 
then I met my husband, uh, moved to Bakersfield, and had my son. So I decided I would be a stay-at-home mom for a little Mm -hmm. while. Eric was diagnosed with autism, so back to work I went. And I actually saved my resume in the wrong spot on Uh monster.com. And I was called by Wells Fargo with like 30 minutes after posting my resume. And I interviewed with Pat Jelitich, my Uh former manager, who I love and adore. And um, I interviewed Wells Fargo five times before I actually accepted the job. I didn't know I knew how to sell. Oh, and okay. so it, I just kind of stumbled into mortgage in December of 2005. So mm-hmm. this is my 17th year. And it is a lot of fun. I've met so many great, wonderful people. I am a relationship lender. I'm not a transaction lender. Yep. It's important to me that your loan closes. But what's more important to me is how is it going to affect you in your future? I want your family's business. I don't want to just close one transaction. I want to be your family's lender. So it's important uh- to me. And that is why we love having you work with our clients because it is so important. Um, For a lot of people, the lending aspect is the scariest aspect. You know, even me, I've been doing this for well over three decades. And every time I go to apply for a loan, uh, I get all that fear and uncertainty and doubt because it's as if somebody is sitting in judgment on my financial past. And It makes me feel uncomfortable, and I'm sure a lot of people feel that way. Yeah, they do. And actually, psychologically, I think buying and selling can be as stressful as death and divorce. Yes. Psychologically. So when they come to sit down with me, particularly if they say you have a couple who it's not their first marriage, Mm -hmm. and they have some blemishes from a previous relationship, it, it can be embarrassing for both of them. So I try to just, a very consultative approach to lending, but also just make it business. Absolutely. It's business and life happens to everyone. So there's absolutely no judgment at my desk. Bring me whatever you have. Let's take a look. Every problem has a solution. We'll work together to get you on the path to homeownership. If today's not your day, we'll get you there. Perfect. So tell me, after so many years in lending, what is it that inspires you and, and drives you to keep moving forward? You know, It really is the first-time buyer. I love working with the first-time buyer. Whether they're a savvy, this is my 15th home, or this is my very first home, there's something about that bright, shiny smile when I hand them that letter of pre-approval. It's just so rewarding to help people get to that next step in their life. It it really is a lot of fun. That's wonderful. And, you know, uh, in working with you over the years, uh, your passion for what you do really shines through. Thank you. Um, So thank you for that. So I have to ask this question because I get asked it all the time. Rising interest rates are possibly the hottest topic in real estate right now. So what are rates roughly right now? Well, the rates, it's an interesting thing because I think historically they are still good from my perspective, from sitting in my chair. You know, I remember when Jumbo was at 7% and it fell to 6.5% and I said, we'll never see rates this low again. And then it just (laughs) kept going down. So I was a liar then. And so right now, yeah, they're hovering, you know, in the mid fives. Right. Um, Is it it unattainable for some people? No. I mean, I, I still think if you're looking at the bigger picture to the benefit of homeownership, which is not going to go away. It's a fixed asset. So Mm -hmm. you're still purchasing something, your largest purchase. And I'm actually able to show people if they want to talk about a rate buy down. I know that's a little further in our talk. But there are some other things that people can do. Increasing your credit score is one of them. Mm -hmm. I know you touched on that a little earlier. And expand on that if you'd like. Yeah. So if you come and sit down with me and we take a look at your credit score, it's not just your FICO score. It's your overall credit health. 
Okay. So you can have somebody with a 720 score, Mm -hmm. but they had a bankruptcy or they had a foreclosure or they had something else that's going to stop them from conventional conforming financing. They're going to have to go into one of the government loans. Okay. And so it's not as simple as, well, this is my credit score. It's a whole algorithm that we follow and it's never, you know, what's the lowest score? 580. Well, yeah, but then you're manually underwritten. Right. Which is a little more stringent. So you have to have a buyer who's really in it to win it because they've they've got to just jump the flaming hoops. Okay. Because they're not just hoops, but they're raised 50 feet and lit on fire. And you just have to jump through every single one. Right. So for that buyer, I would absolutely say we have to send you down for an advanced approval. Okay. I would not let anybody go shopping on something I think I can do. Right. I have to know I can do it. And so there are products and programs out there for those who are credit challenged. I will take a look at the credit report with them, go over it line item by line item, give them some quick tips on some simple fixes. If it's something that's way beyond my purview, credit counseling, they go. So, and they have to be willing to do the work. That's the biggest part. Right, and that that is the key because, um, as as we have said many a time, you can lead a horse to water, but you just can't make them drink. Exactly. So, if it is something that you all are motivated to do to to buy a new home, um, and willing to put in any work that you might need to do in terms of raising your credit score or saving whatever that issue is, I would highly encourage you to reach out to Margot. Um, and I, I love the fact that you you talk about it's not just a credit score because so many people think, um, particularly with all the advertising about boost your credit score, or do this, do that, um, that their credit score is the guiding principle for whether they're going to get a loan or not. So it's nice to know that there are other factors that contribute. Yes, and you have to be willing to take the five minutes to review the credit report. It really is not that hard for right. us, you know, right. sitting in the lender desk. We, sh- we really should take that deep dive into that credit report to see what else is on there. And you mentioned boost, and I like that because I do see that on credit reports where people are going to boost their score. That's just with one bureau. Right. And then every single one of those monthly payments is added as a monthly liability. So that can actually stop you because now your debt to income is out of whack. Oh my goodness. So say you boost your PG&E bill, for instance, if your bill is 500 a month, that's a 500 a month liability I have to hit you with. So a lot of times people will take that off and then their score will come back down. Oh So it's an artificial boost Uh and it's just with one bureau. So they have to be really careful when they do that. That's great. Great advice. Explain to our listeners why your interest rate matters. I mean, what effect does it have on your pre-approval amount and your monthly mortgage payment? Yeah, the interest rate can greatly affect your buying power. Mm -hmm. So your monthly payment, if you're talking about a home that's on the lower echelon of the price, it's the loan amount is probably not going to be as affected. So if you had, say, a $300,000 loan amount, and your interest rate was 5.875, I don't know, just throw a number out there. Right. If it was at 5%, the difference in that monthly payment would probably only be about $110 a month. Wow. So to buy it down, we talked about Mm -hmm. buying rates down, which can be quite costly. Again, that's FICO score driven. Right. Your FICO score is also interchangeably your credit score. 
affects your interest rate. It can also affect if you have mortgage insurance premium, if you're putting less mm-hmm. than 20% down. Um, also, your homeowner's insurance can sometimes. So there are oh, a lot I of... I don't think I knew that. A lot of different things that can be affected by your credit score. So it's not just what you and I do, which is mm-hmm. help put families in homes, but it can affect their the rest of what they're doing as well. So especially with the young people, I always try to help them understand how credit works because as you touched on earlier, they no longer teach home economics in school. No, no. Nobody's talking to you about your credit, your credit health, what drives it, how to save it. I was a victim of my own undoing. (laughs) I um, No credit cards, no car payment, mortgage only. Great. Uh My score has hovered at 680, even though I've never been late. Wow. I've never been late because I I did the wrong thing, which was close the cards uh-huh. as I paid them off, uh-huh. got rid of them, and it tanked my score. Isn't that amazing? And so I thought I was doing the right thing. Cash is king, and now I have a 680 credit score. <laughs> it's amazing because really, folks, your your credit score, your FICO score, is about your ability to manage credit. They want to see you taking out credit, paying it off. Um, and so you're absolutely right. When you do, when you can't, when you cancel the card, it causes your score to go down, yeah. which is ridiculous yeah. to me. Um, so before we get too far into talking about loans, um, tell all of the buyers out there the difference between an FHA loan, a conventional loan, VA, USDA, whatever other types of loans are out there. So USDA loan is a rural loan. It's very specific. Okay. It's a conventional loan product. Uh-huh. And they want to see your credit score around 640. You can go lower. Again, you're going to have that manual underwrite. USDA loans, they're such a narrow box. It's, not it's only a very niche market, right? Very, very, very. Because not only does the person, the individual, have to qualify, the home has to qualify also. Mm-hmm. So you have to plug the address in and see, does this really count? There are, believe it or not, a smattering of homes in Bakersfield proper mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that qualify, which is kind of unusual. Um, but the income is very restricted. Okay. So by the time you're at 115% of our median income, what is that going to take you to like 42000 a year? There really isn't anything affordable that you can buy. Mm-hmm. And it also goes by the number of people in the house. So that it is a little bit of a sliding scale, but they will come and check on you. Oh, wow. So it's not, and you do have to prove your income. Okay. It's not one of these things where we can just kind of wink in a, you know, some smoke and mirrors and get through, they will check up on you. Okay. That's the last thing you want is your loan to be called all due. No. Yeah. So talk to us then about the differences between FHA, conventional, VA. So VA loans are veterans loans, Veterans Mm -hmm. Administration for Veterans um, of our Armed Forces. If you are honorably discharged, Mm -hmm. you have to watch those who were other than honorably discharged or dishonorably discharged. We have to make sure that their certificate, certificate of eligibility is there. And if you're not honorable then you're not going to qualify it's a wonderful product for our veterans um it allows them to do 100 percent financing mm-hmm. which is fantastic especially in today's world i know that there are a lot of misconceptions mm-hmm. as to what you can and cannot do with va financing the veteran can indeed pay for the pest inspection report they can pay for the work to be completed so i know that there are some sellers out there who are um kind of have an aversion to accepting that va offer which i would say please consider our veterans you know they've stood up and defended mm-hmm. our freedoms and this is a benefit to them so um it's it's a wonderful program the interest rate is a little bit lower than conventional you okay. know government loans do have a little bit 
of a reduction in their um, interest rate. FHA, the Federal Housing Administration loan, is not a first-time buyer product. I know a lot of people think that it is. Yes. You can reuse your FHA loan again and again and again. It is very forgiving as far as credit is concerned. It does not have the same restrictions as a conventional conforming loan would. Okay. So it's for people who are getting back into homeownership if they've had a foreclosure, a bankruptcy, or just life in general. You know, their credit has some blemishes. It's not a horrible thing. You will have mortgage insurance premium. Okay. Which you, is married to the loan. Right. For so as long as you have that FHA for as, loan. For as long as you have that loan, you can refinance into a conventional product. Or if you sell the home, obviously, it goes away. But it is married to the loan. I think that happened in April of 2013 okay. that they married it. It used to go away after you hit the 78%, mm-hmm. and they kind of undid that, which I think is unfortunate. But right. I would like to see that go and away. And I would imagine that is probably for your borrower who can qualify FHA or conventional I would imagine it is that FHA mortgage insurance premium that causes most buyers who are able to qualify both ways to lean to a conventional loan as opposed to an FHA. Is that correct? That I I have seen that, although I have also seen the opposite because the interest rate is lower. Okay. So it just depends on what their goal is. Is this their forever home or just their next up home? So okay. if they know that they're only going to be there for five to seven years, they will typically still choose the FHA loan even though they qualify for the conventional product mm-hmm. because they know that they're not going to be there long term. Okay. So it, it just depends on the need of the buyer. And I always give them every option that they qualify for so they can make their own informed decision. I never push one loan this way or that way. I give you the information that you need to make your own decision for your family. I don't have to write the check every month. You do. So, you know, I, but I want them to walk away with, with that knowledge. knowledge. Yes, mm-hmm. and choices. Right. And and that, again, is one of the reasons we love working with you is because it really does um, allow the borrower to to become involved in the process, to learn, which, as we've said many a time, knowledge is power, and then to make the decision that best suits their family. Yes. Right? Yes. So share with, for those people who this is a new process, um, share with people what are the minimum requirements to be able to get pre-approved? Length of employment, down payment, credit score, I mean, what does it what do you have to see for you to write a pre-approval letter rather than a pre-qualified letter? Mm. So, we want to see 2 years of employment, 2 years of employment, 2 years of residence history. We we want to see some uh continuity of, you know, continuation of show us that you're stable. Okay. You can use schooling. Okay. Say you're a brand new nurse or you're just mm-hmm. out of the police academy or wherever you're coming from. Right. You can use your schooling as to qualify for your two-year work. Oh, that's great news. So even if you, you know, brand new nurse just on the job, we can get you qualified, you know, debt to income. Great. Yeah. Now, is that in all professions? Let's say you, you know, just graduated from college and you're going into a business position. Um, can you use your schooling there? As to... long as you're in your field of study. Okay. Perfect. So if you studied hair design at one of our local beauty schools and now mm-hmm. you're going to tell me you're a petrol engineer, it's probably not going to work. Okay. But, you know, <laughs> as long as you're in your field of study and we can see that you have that first paycheck and you are on the job. And also some employers offer contracts. So okay. if we have a signed contract and that 
so if you have an employment contract mm -hmm. then that allows you to to make that because that is a binding document mm -hmm. okay perfect so walk us through that pre-approval process what all is entailed it's really easy as long as you know your name and your social and your birthday and where have you been for the past two years it really is not that hard i don't the only <laughs> i love that marco you <laughs> yeah. just make it all sound so, so easy, easy. Uh -huh. you know i will caution people though on the earlier part of the show where you were talking about get a second job mm -hmm. the only time i can use dual employment is if you've been doing it for two years okay you have to have had that second job so if you're just going to take up that side hustle just to bulk up your savings that's great mm -hmm. but i cannot use it as income okay unless you've been doing it for two years and you can demonstrate that you have the ability to work two jobs for two years then we can talk about adding that and also you want to make sure if you're selling something especially something of a, a high ticket value a, a car or save every single receipt save a bill of sale save all of that stuff because if it's not seasoned more than two months in your bank account i'm going to ask where it came from Right. And I may have to exclude it, which would be so unfortunate if you... Oh, absolutely. You know, especially on those bigger ticket items. This is why we have her on the show. Um, so share with us uh, some reasons that someone may not get pre-approved for a loan. So the credit is going to be the number one. Okay. The credit piece is going to determine where you fall and it is again it's not just the score it's the overall credit health how many collections do you have are you in bankruptcy you know there's a difference between the 13 and the seven one of them wipes your slate clean and the other one's a repayment have you made all your payments on time so when you go into bankruptcy and isn't this great i have no debt that's terrific now we have to wait two years so it's terrific that you did that but what happens after the bankruptcy right you must reestablish yourself credit wise and also if they did a forgiveness of debt, gave you that clean slate. If you are ever late again, it's kind of a kiss of death to your credit because they really beat you up. Okay. Pretty, pretty bad. So once you have a bankruptcy, it's important not what happened prior to, but what happened after. Right. So for those folks out there who are contemplating it, just make sure going forward that you take it, you know, very seriously and never be late again because it's. I know never is a long time, but these things stay on your credit report for 10 years. Right. Um, and if I've, I've seen circumstances where, um, let's say you had a debt that uh, went to collections and I, whatever the time period is for that, uh, all the um, creditor has to do is reopen it to make it go for the additional period of time say seven to ten years or right? they sell it or they sell it mm -hmm. then it becomes a a new debt and the clock starts over all over isn't that fun yeah no <laughs> um but i i think that it it all goes to the let's be a responsible society let's all be good humans and pay our bills etc mm -hmm. right? yeah and i see where some people get tripped up on that is um with divorce right you know, they each want to point the finger at the other mm -hmm. person. It's not my debt, it's her debt. It's not my debt, it's his debt. And each person walks away and they both get harmed. Yes, they do. They absolutely do. Gosh, Margo, this was such an informative uh, introduction to lending. Uh, I'm sure listeners out there have learned a lot because I know I've learned a lot. Um, but I think this is a great place for us to take a short break. Uh, before we do, Tell us how we can reach you at Cross Country Mortgage. Oh, my cell phone is always best, 661-525-8377. 
perfect. We'll be right back after this short break. You're listening to the Kern County Real Estate Review with Lori McCarty on 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. We'll be right back. Hey, you confused about real estate? Sean Hannity here, and I can tell you as an active real estate investor, well, just like the stock market, it can go up one day and down the next. Home values and sales, they fluctuate on a dime. Now, even though I bought and sold homes for years all across this great country, one thing I will always do is partner with a sharp real estate agent that truly studies local and national market trends, that knows the real value of homes, and most importantly, knows how to generate demand regardless of the market. And the good news is you have a truly amazing agent right in your backyard. I'm talking about Lori McCarty of Coldwell Banker. She has an amazing team working for her that doesn't miss a single detail. Her system is so bulletproof, well, she can create demand for your home at a deadline that you agree to, or she will buy it herself. Now, real estate doesn't have to be frustrating or scary. Call Lori McCarty today at 665-SOLD. That's 665-SOLD. Online, themccartygroup.com. That's themccartygroup.com. Go there and you can start packing. You're listening to KNZR, 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, and streaming live on KNZR.com. And we're back this morning with the Kern County Real Estate Review, featuring our host, Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group. For all your real estate questions, call Lori at 661-665-SOLD. That's 661-665-7653. Or go online to themccartygroup.com. You can also follow Lori on social media. For Facebook, follow her at The McCarty Group or on Instagram at Lori underscore McCarty. And to keep up with all the real estate news in Kern County, you can follow this show on Facebook and Instagram at The Kern County Real Estate Review. There you can also submit questions you'd like Lori to answer on air or suggest topics you'd like her to cover on Saturday mornings. And this morning, we're talking with Margot Shin, a senior loan advisor at Cross Country Mortgage. And Margot, tell our listeners one more time how they can reach you. My cell phone is always best, 661-525-8377. Perfect. So before the break, we were talking a little bit about some reasons why someone might not be pre-approved for a loan. And credit score was one of the reasons that you mentioned. So if a person's credit score is below 580, What do you do for them? I mean, do you make recommendations on how they can fix that? I do if they're obvious. If it's something that's new, a fresh collection, if they are over their limit on their credit cards, because a lot of people don't realize that you should try to stay under that 30% of your limit. You know, they run their cards up and they don't realize what they're doing to themselves. Maybe they've closed their cards, which Mm -hmm. is what I did. And so, you know, sometimes it's as easy as one spouse having excellent credit, the other one having marginal credit, add your spouse to your good credit. And sometimes they can get a little boost that way. Mm -hmm. If it's something that I just can't see, then off to credit counseling they go. Okay, perfect. Um, So when we talk about saving for a down payment, Mm -hmm. that's probably, I think, one of the biggest hurdles for buyers. They've gotten their credit, you know, dialed in, or maybe they had it, it was perfect to start with. But 
when we start looking at saving all of this money for a down payment, um, what kind of amounts should borrowers have in their mind? Well, it depends on their goal. So 3% down for conventional financing with good credit for the mm-hmm. first time buyer mm-hmm. and 3.5 for the FHA buyer. Um, VA doesn't have a down payment, so lucky them. But also when you're thinking about the down payment money, you should also be thinking about your closing cost money. Okay. Tell us about that. So the closing costs, there are two. There are recurring and non-recurring. Okay. So the recurring are going to be the principal and interest, taxes, insurance, and mortgage insurance premium if you are putting less than 20% down, which is also called private mortgage insurance, PMI for the conventional loan. So right now, I think people like to talk percentages. Mm -hmm. It's difficult to do a percentage for closing costs because if you're purchasing a home, say Mm $250,000, that can be closer to 5%. Okay. Dollar-wise. Right. Then if you're purchasing a $500,000 home, well, obviously we're not going to charge you you know, the closing fees are not going to be. And it's also based off the loan amount, not the sales price. So some of the things that are predicated off the sales price would be the property taxes. Okay. So it doesn't matter how much you're putting down, your taxes are what your taxes are. Right. So if you're going to have that impound account, then you have to save for that as well. So it's not just the down payment, it's the closing fees. And I'm sure you can speak to how many sellers are covering closing fees right now probably zero probably that was a short answer Uh, the long answer is zero yeah so yeah so are there down payment assistance programs out there to help you with that there are there are costs associated right with down payment assistance nothing is free so you know you think oh hey i can just go get this piggyback loan you can um i don't know how sellers are looking at that right now um, generally, sellers are, are less concerned about that, although in a situation where you have competing offers, the one with the strongest down payment is probably going to win out over the one with the smaller down payment because um, it just speaks to maybe greater stability and there's something associated with perhaps the feeling that more down payment means we have a better chance of this deal actually closing. Mm. And I think that's really, as I've talked to sellers on a constant basis, many times for them, it's not which is the best offer, it's which offer has the best chance of closing. Mm -hmm. Because they've heard horror stories of their friends getting into a transaction and halfway through, something happens. And then they've had to go back on the market, which has really uh, put a, a kink in their plans. Yeah, I've seen that too with new construction with um, clients who were otherwise pre-approved. Then when we had the interest rate jump, mm-hmm. one in particular, a VA person, their payment went up 600 <gasps> a month. Wow. Luckily, their debt to income was low enough that they could absorb the additional but for some other people it's going to knock them out absolutely and and really it's what a hard thing for someone who's thinking their payment is x and now it's x plus 600 mm-hmm. very hard to handle yeah it's so it's always good to keep checking and keep checking and where are we now and one of the pitfalls that buyers get into is after their contract has been accepted they kind of relax a little bit and they forget that they're in this transaction mm-hmm and maybe they go do something to their credit, they skip a payment, they 
charge they go to Disneyland you know everybody wants to take the kids it's summer and they forget that we do a soft pull at the end right because and explain to our listeners what that means so a soft credit pull a hard credit pull is when you sit down with me for the first time and I take a real deep dive into your credit a soft pull comes at the end and the reason that we do that is to make sure that you have not over encumbered yourself to make Mm -hmm. sure that you are continuing to pay your bills on time to make sure that you didn't go out and order that new Tesla you know gas prices are rising and so we do that soft pull at the end and depending on where you are that can either upset your rate mm-hmm. that you were initially offered because your credit score is now lower you no longer qualify for that rate it can also upset your debt to income ratio which can harm you because now, it could mean the difference between you getting the home and not correct? and not exactly and so then you have to look at your contingencies and it's it's just costly so when you're in this process you have to just stand still go to work every day do not take time off. Don't quit your job. Stand still until we have recording confirmation. Even after funding, wait until we have recording confirmation. You don't want that wire to get retracted because, oh, hey, we just did a soft pull, and guess what? You no longer qualify. Or worse yet, we just found out you quit your job. Yes. <laughs> that is something else that I know has happened in the past. Yes. Um, uh, aside from those couple of things, are there some other common mistakes that you see buyers making during the purchasing process that could jeopardize their loan? I think those are the greatest ones, really. Okay. I, th- I think um, the buyer who is not focused on the end, okay, you know, and they kind of get trapped in the middle. And so I like to give them little reminders, mm-hmm. you know, hey, how you doing? This is where we are. And just keep them dialed in and keep them plugged in. Right. That way they don't forget on some of the lengthier, especially if it's new construction. Right. Um, just make sure that they're still keeping their eye on the prize at the end. And so um, I, I think that really is the greatest thing is just giving them those little friendly reminders. Hey, we're still here and we're still in contract. Perfect. Legal binding contract. So now we were talking a little bit earlier about the interest rates mm. and, um, you know, how an interest rate jump can mm. affect your payment. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to us a little bit about discount points so that people can understand how they could possibly buy that interest rate down. So the discount point is variable it not variable in so far as it changes but it can change daily just as the interest rate can change daily mm-hmm. and it is also FICO score driven okay so it's it's kind of a two-part thing and typically what I do when it comes time to lock the loan mm-hmm. I don't just arbitrarily lock a loan right I like to have them sitting with me so we can look at the screen together so they can see what the buy down looks like okay the buy down is not point for point some people think well if I pay one point I'm gonna get one percent lower rate no it yeah I wish I wish I wish too (laughs) it doesn't work that way so and and I don't know how they decide who they are I don't know how they decide so I like for you to see and how it affects that payment as I talked about earlier on the lower loan amounts you're not really that greatly affected by the Mm -hmm. buy down and then the other thing I'll do is I'll show them how many months it would take to recover that buy down so if Again, you're only planning to be there for three years. Maybe you're on a contract with Chevron or one of the other oil companies. You're only going to be here for three years. It's going to take you seven years to recover. It doesn't pencil out. Right. Why spend the upfront money? Because when we talk about discount points, we're talking about upfront money that is paid to the lender to secure a lower interest rate. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And you're right, it's not a one-for-one, and um, it there is a cost associated with it. How many months will it take to recover that money that you have spent up front before you're in a positive situation making a lower monthly mortgage payment? Right, right? and so that's why I try to show people to kind of undo the whole interest rate sensitivity. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants the 3% rate, well that's gone. Right. So we're just moving forward. But just so they can see, you know, it's tangible. They have something right. that they can look and point and say, oh, I get it now. You know, and if I have to explain it a hundred different ways, if I print sheets and highlight and whatever it takes so that they have a clear understanding. It's important to me, not that they know how to do my job, but it's important to me that they understand why we're doing what we're doing. So, you know, I, I do try that very consultative deep dive into this is what we're doing and this is why. But the rate buy down isn't always as beneficial mm-hmm. for the shorter term particularly right if it's, it's your longer term home and you have the money at your hand you talked about the windfall you're selling your home all of a sudden you're having three hundred thousand in your checking that you didn't have before mm-hmm. if you want to do the buy down of course i would think that would make sense if this is going to be your forever home right but if it's just going to be your this is my first home then maybe we don't look at that Perfect. So let's say you have someone sitting in front of you uh, that's wanting to purchase a home, whether it is their first home that they're buying or their nth home that they're buying. What's some of the advice that you would give them? The advice is always the same. Okay. Which is always um, to stay still. Okay. Stand still with where you are unless you have to do credit repair. Okay keep doing what you're doing stay at work save your money don't put in any unusual cash deposits that i can't source we will not be able to use that Mm -hmm. we do have family still who believe in mattress money oh can't miracle cash into the account it doesn't matter if this is you know a cultural thing this is what your family does they're not going to allow it so um how long does the appointment take? Well, it depends on how much I talk. It depends on <laughs> it depends on how many questions they have. The more questions, the better. I don't have business hours. I'm not a Monday through Friday eight to five person. Mm-hmm. If you're awake at three o'clock in the morning and you have a question, send me a text message. If I'm awake, I'll respond. If I'm not awake, it'll I'll respond in the morning when I get your message. So and, and I can I can attest to that. There have been a couple of nights that Marco and I have been texting at three in the morning just because we both were up. <laughs> so it's you know I don't want anybody to think that they're ever bothering me because you're never bothering me. And if there's something that I didn't explain clearly, stick your hand up in the air because I won't know, and you don't know what you don't know. Exactly. Exactly. So if you have questions, just ask. I see Adelaide waving at me that we're close to time. I do have one more quick question for you that I have to ask. We get an awful lot of clients and listeners asking if we're in a housing bubble and if we're going to see a crash like we did in 2008. From a lending perspective, can you explain to our listeners how things are different now compared to 2008? I think when we tightened up our credit parameters when we tightened up our qualifying i think we kind of washed away the folks who maybe were in a dangerous spot in the 2008 
when all you really needed was a pulse. Right. And so I think because we did away with the non-qualifying mortgages for a while, the people who we're seeing today really are qualified for their homes. Ah, that's very reassuring. And so I think, you know, we're seeing, I don't know what you're seeing on the that's foreclosure side. Yeah. But I, I, I'm not seeing the people who are struggling as much as they were. Right. And, you know, again, with qualifying, yes, on FHA, you can go up as high as 55% debt to income. Okay. Which is really scary because we qualify you on your gross pay, not your net pay. Oh, that is kind of scary. Um, but from the foreclosure side, while there will always be foreclosures, it's not, it, it's, it's just a normal part of business right now. There's no uptick. We're not seeing anything um, out of the ordinary. Yeah, so. I haven't, I haven't seen it either. I haven't had any of my clients who are in trouble because we get notices. Right. And I, I haven't had one who's in trouble right now. So glad to hear that. Yeah, I think we're doing good. I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your day to be with us this morning. I really appreciate you being here. And what, what a wealth of information you are. It, well, thank you. I love coming on the show. I love working with your team. You guys are great. Thank you so much. Before we go, tell our listeners one more time how they can reach you. You can reach me on my cell phone at 661-525-8377. Perfect. A heartfelt thanks to each of you for tuning in today and for tuning in each and every week. Today, we've connected you with one of my trusted local lenders, and hopefully we've helped you understand the lending process a little bit better. I know Adelaide and I both look forward to visiting with you again next Saturday at 11 a.m. Remember, if there are details of today's topic you'd like to revisit or you know someone who would enjoy this information and couldn't tune in this hour, you can catch our Encore presentation each Sunday morning at 8 a.m. here on KNZR, just before Sean Hannity. Or if that doesn't work, you can hear this and previous shows wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Kern County Real Estate Review and listen to your heart's content. Last but not least, you can also hear replays on our website at themccartygroup.com. This is Lori McCarty with the McCarty Group of Coldwell Banker Preferred Realtors and your host of the Kern County Real Estate Review, wishing you and yours a blessed day and a fantastic week ahead. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll be back next week. On missing out on the home you love or having to settle for something less just because you couldn't sell your own home quickly. I'm Barbara Corcoran. I've worked with thousands of successful real estate agents. Let me help you choose the right agent so this doesn't happen to you. If you're buying or selling in Bakersfield, call Lori McCarty because she offers an immediate cash offer and can help you find great homes before they hit the market. Partner with the right agent. Go to the McCartyGroup.com and start packing. Lori McCarty reminding you to mark your calendars for the first Saturday of each month for our open house, open mic edition of the Kern County Real Estate Review. Tune in at 11 a.m. sharp to get your exclusive
backstage pass to our newest open houses hitting the market for the first time that weekend. We'll provide behind-the-scenes tips and chat with my team on location as they bring you Kern County's newest homes. We'll also take your calls and answer your questions, all while sharing the latest in real estate news with local industry experts. So don't forget, be sure to tune in the first Saturday of every month for our open house open mic edition here on KNZR. KNZR.